Let me hop in here and talk about our one of our sponsors for the podcast, Southern Coast Canine, based out in New Smyrna, Florida. Southern Coast Canine has been providing better training, better results, and better dogs for over 25 years. Led by Bill Heiser and known for their excellent high-drive dual-purpose and detection dogs and outstanding customer service. They have what you want and what you are looking for. Call 1-877-903-DOGS. That's 877-903-3647 and speak with Bill to discuss your canine needs today. Or visit southerncoastcanine.com. That's the letter K, the number 9. Follow them on Facebook and Instagram at southerncoastcanine, the letter K, the number 9. This episode is brought to you in part by Highland Canine LLC. They offer total solutions for law enforcement and military organizations to meet their increasingly demanding canine needs. Connect with them and see the difference at tacticalpolicecaninetraining.com. That's tacticalpolice, the letter K, the number nine, training.com. I want to give a huge shout out to my guys at Police Canine Association. You can contact them through email at policecanineassociation at gmail.com or go to the website policecanineassociation.com or pk9a.com and check out their awesome gear. Welcome to Working Dog Radio, broadcasting the bite. All right, we are back with another episode of Working Dog Radio, broadcasting the bite. I am Ted Summers, Torchlight Canine, Working Dog Dry Goods, and of course, Working Dog Radio here in Tulsa. And with me, as usual, is Eric Stambro. Eric, what's up? Uh, you know, it's actually spring finally in Ohio the last couple of days. Um, today was 60 degrees and sunny. It was great. But, uh, three days ago it rained, it snowed eight times in one day. So Dude, I saw that on your IG feed. I was like, mm-hmm. Oh God, it looks fucking miserable. Speaking of miserable, you have puppies now. Uh, yeah, it's 11 <laughs> of them. Um, I got this, yeah, I got this lab, uh, and um, I bought I bought her to a trainer for detection or drug detection. I was going to try a couple different things that I haven't done in the past just to mess around with her. And I'm like, well, you're getting fatter and you your teats are getting big. And uh, so I took her to the vet and sure enough, she was pregnant. And he's like, oh, I think eight. And she threw out 11. Oh. So they're four <laughs> days old, five days old now. Oh, and oh, God. Uh, there's one little dude, one little girl hanging on. She hasn't really gained. She's gained one ounce. The rest are over a pound now. And um, six black and, and five yellow labs. And uh, so <clears throat> luckily I have a good friend of mine who's a pet dog trainer uh, who is welcoming them for me. So I don't have to do it because there's just no way. I, don't, I, I had one week's notice. One oh, week. God. What are you going to do with them? I, went to, I don't know. Um, I'm going to, you know, wait and start t- testing them once they, you know, are eating eating regular puppy food i'll start you know seeing who's gonna hunt and kind of kind of look at that you know i'm puppies really i'll be honest with you puppies aren't my thing um and i'm gonna just kind of try to see i have probably 400 people on the list that would like uh, a a dog (laughs) um lots of people want a free dog which uh they can suck it that's not gonna happen no 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 no. but anyways yeah and i got a couple dogs in the kennel one one that i'm training up to send to Aruba and another one that I just got in um, who uh, there's another vendor who sends me dogs and I'll train for agencies. And uh, both of those two, one's got diarrhea about 15 minutes before we started this. And the other one threw up. So I, I don't know what's going on. That's, I got a lot of yeah. fun to do when, when I'm yes. done with this. So, yeah, so we, I'm in a mood, just so you know. I'm going to give you a warning. I'm in a fucking <laughs> mood, man. So we, uh, Ray from Kuru Canine is here from uh, the Front Range in Boulder, finishing up part of his uh, trainer's course, his police canine trainer's course with his with Voodoo. And uh, I've got three, two agencies here for a uh, handler's course that I've been working on, Big Board and Baron. Uh, they're two handlers. They're working for another three weeks, four weeks. Another three, I don't know. I don't know. It depends on when this airs, but still, they're like three or four weeks. 
And we've got a couple more going. We're just getting ready to start an explosives dog or a dual purpose explosive dog for a department in Arkansas. And we started one for another smaller agency here. Uh, dual purpose dog just north of us that sits on the border. Um, and you know, speaking of which Oklahoma, uh, is getting ready to have the, um, the vote here soon about, uh, making marijuana, um, medically legal and sheriff's departments and district attorneys and my handlers and their administrators are freaking out. And, you know, even I had the chief of one of these dogs were selling. was like, what are we going to do? I'm like, uh, you <laughs> sort of up to you. I mean, you need to talk to the district attorney. So it, uh, I, we plan on calling, uh, Ted Dawes and having him come on probably here soon and doing that whole conversation, um, about, where the gray area lies and what handlers should be doing. And Colorado has a big case here coming up that um, might force people to do something. Uh, the people versus McKnight should be decided this quarter, uh, which I, I think is going to be the first one that is gone to a state Supreme Court where they're going to affirm their own law, which is what they're supposed to do, but then it puts them at odds with the feds. So it ought to be interesting to see what happens. And people are asking me, and I'm like, I don't know. I just teach dogs to find shit and bite people. I don't know what you want me to tell you. So... <laughs> The U.S. Supreme Court will ultimately decide the medical marijuana issue. Right. Ple- period. The state Supreme Courts can eat shit. The local courts can eat, eat shit. The Supreme Court will address this issue. You can guarantee it. It should be. And, it should be interesting uh, to, to see how they get it there, though. And that this may be well, that case. So, well, right now in Ohio, so they passed medical marijuana in Ohio. It's just not. It hasn't started yet. It's still because uh, it's it's run through the uh, board of pharmacy and there's a whole bunch of things so hasn't started yet. But Ohio is saying you will still certify your dogs in marijuana or you will not certify at all. So we're sticking with it right now. Uh, they will only change it if the U.S. Supreme Court tells them to. Yeah, that uh, and that's kind of our state certifying body. They're like, oh, no, you're still going to test on marijuana. I'm like, all right. <laughs> you know, what I mean, I, I don't care either way. Just tell me what you want me to do. <laughs> Like, it yep. doesn't matter to me. Just tell me. Yes or no. Right. So, yeah. It kind of makes it easy for you. Yeah, mm-hmm. for sure. Well, uh, tonight um, we have two guests on. Um, we're going to have Ken Stern from the Albany County Sheriff's Office up in New York as uh, their head trainer, handler. Uh, we're going to have Ed Myers on as well from Dark Horse Canine from the same area. Tired handler. Uh, I went up and decoyed for ed during the uh, dark horse street tactics seminar last year in october which was absolutely one of the better events that i've been to in terms of uh how it was put on how it was run um you know we had i don't remember exactly how many teams it was like 40 or 50 we had a lot of teams there from several states several agencies there was some super high-powered instructors there uh from boston pd from new york pd from a lot of really really good agencies that really knew what was going on and there was pretty much 99 percent of the teams that were there were super super dialed in and it was one of the best training events I've been to of that size. So uh, we're going to have these dudes on. We're going to talk about that. We're going to talk about why we do it and why I think that the rest of the country, if you can't get to Albany, that the rest of the country should be doing something like this at a minimum, you know, like, you know, once a year easily. Um, and, you know, I think everybody that I talked to up there was was super impressed with how it was run and everything else. So with that, Ed, Ken, how are you guys? Doing good. good, man. Yeah, so... Thanks for having me. Yeah, no, yeah, this is definitely. this is, this is going to be cool. And, and I want to kind of preface this. This is we're recording this um, like the last week of April. Uh, there has been quite a few videos that have gone, for better or for worse, viral recently over bites or, well, what sh- shit that should have happened in a couple of agencies um, on social media and everything else. And it's kind of ironic that we're having this conversation tonight. It wasn't planned. It just kind of fell in my lap. So, you know, I mean, I want to kind of preface everything that everybody's going to hear from here forward in that kind of vein. So with that, um, Ed, why don't you go ahead and give us your background, talk about Dark Horse a little bit, and then we'll talk to Ken. Okay. Uh, I'm, I'm still currently an officer. I'm still a full-time officer with the New York State University Police at Albany. Um, I've got 
20 years on. Uh, 10, I, I was a handler uh, for 10. I, in that time, I had uh, three dual-purpose dogs. Um, I no longer handle, um, particularly on the training side of things now. Um, and I have my own company, uh, obviously, Dark Horse uh, Canine Services, where I do some, you know, I do pet training, uh, but in the main, I purchase, raise, and train um, dogs for um, military, law enforcement, sport, uh, personal protection. Um, most of my clients are law enforcement. Awesome. So, so uh, yeah, yeah, I was going to say it's 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 really uh, not fortunate, but um, it's kind of uh, I mean, so far as you know what we're speaking about. Um, you know those videos tying into um, you know to the event and the reason why we have the event. You know, it's, yeah, yeah. It's, um, it's that's why that's why we're having the event, right? That's why can you know we wanted to do this is because we want people, you know, we want teams prepared oh, for, yeah. the, you know, for the oh shit moment. Right. Yeah. And Eric will talk about here in a second. His dudes are super busy around his area and his department. And, you know, when those dudes finish school, you know, they could probably have an apprehension like in their first couple of shifts. So when they leave from him, like they're pretty much ready to roll. Like there's not a whole lot of learning road time. Um, But yeah, I mean, we'll get into that here in a second. So Ken, uh, give us your background. What's going on with you? I'm doing good. Um, I've been in uh, law enforcement uh, for, just started my 19th year. Um, I've worked two dogs. I've got my trainership. Uh, both of them were dual purpose, narcotics patrol. Uh, I worked at Shepherd, a big Czech Shepherd first, and then I have a Mally now. Um, I got all my trainerships. I'm DCGS, the Division of Criminal Justice Services here in New York, certified for explosives, uh, narcotics, patrol, tracking, evidence, search, um, and uh, I'm pretty blessed for to be in this area right now. There's a lot of good trainers, a lot of great teams. Uh, the agency that I work for, my boss is just fantastic. He really supports our canine unit. We have, well, 14 dogs now, and uh, we're super active. A big international airport, we run the dogs in, and pretty much whatever we need, training-wise, uh, he gives it, and basically that's what I do. I'm a full-time trainer. That's all I do. I work with our teams, get them ready for different things. Uh, I work my dog occasionally, but it's pretty rare because I'm so busy with training. I'm running DCGS schools regularly. I just finished up a patrol school. We're starting a narcotics school in two weeks. Uh, then after that's up, we have another patrol school. I'm pretty much book solid until two, 2021. So we're pretty active in this area right now. Excellent. So, Ken, um, how big is Albany County? Uh, we have 780 sworn uh, for everything. That's including our jail. Um, they have uh, a paramedics corps, road patrol, um, the downtown division, the court systems. Uh, so it's a, it's a pretty large agency. Yeah, that does sound like it. Do you have how many dogs now? How many? I'm, if I, I missed it. We, we're working 14 right now. Um, we have uh, a couple that are in the school that are getting ready to go out after the narcotics school is done. Uh, and then we have a really nice lab coming from Ed and Dark Horse that's going to be a single-purpose uh, explosive detection dog, which we'll be getting that, I think, in September. He'll be ready. So, uh, yeah, we're, like I said, we're super active. We have a big international airport, um, and we do all the law enforcement for that, all the searches and everything. So um, I think I have I have six explosives dogs nice. for just running at the airport. Um, most of them are dual purpose. I think at this point we only have one uh, that's, you know, that's a uh, single purpose. Most of them are dual purpose, actually. And then we actually have a bloodhound, too, which is super active, honestly. We, he gets called out more than any of us. That, that amazes me. Don't go read anything I put on Facebook today about bloodhounds then. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah. Um, 
So th- let me ask you this: Do you you're you're a lot like me? I, I work full time training at my agency. Um, we have seven dogs, and then I train thirty one others from other agencies. Um, yeah. But all, all the ones for ours, I get green and train them up. Are you getting green dogs and training them, or are you too busy and you're getting them like pre trained, half trained? What are you doing? Uh, for the most part, um, they're green. Uh, when you know this dog that we're getting from uh, Ed and Dark Horse, uh, Ed's putting in all the foundation work into it. Um, the last dog that we got is a uh, was a lab, um, and he was completely green, and he was actually only four months old. If I can, if I have the time, I really like to put the foundation work in myself. It just makes for an easier transition for the things that I like to do and how I like to do it. Um, but other agencies come to us also, and uh, they do the classic, you know, purchase the dog from this company or that company, and, you know, I get whatever foundation work, you know, they were doing in Holland or whatever. Yeah, that's always uh, I, fun. Yeah. <laughs> I would assume you're doing a uh, all, all your dual-purpose or tracking dogs? I'm sorry, I couldn't hear that. All, all of your dual-purpose dogs also do tracking or just the uh, blood on? <laughs> No, no, they all do tracking, yeah. So, I mean, the Bloodhound was a little bit different, um, but, yeah, the, the, every single one of our dogs on our unit tracks, including the we have a lab that's doing narcotics, and it also does tracking and uh, evidentiary searches. That's cool. Sounds like you guys are busy. That's, uh, what do you have, six or 700 square miles or bigger than that? It's bigger than that. I don't know exactly what it is off the top of my head, uh, um, but it's a, it's a pretty big agency, um, area. I think... Uh, I want to say it's 900 and something square miles. Oh, wow. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah that's a lot of tracking. <laughs> yeah, there's, it's, you know, there's a good portion of it is city, and there's some pretty large cities that are within uh, the Albany area. And then there is a, a hill country area that's all wooded in, in, you know, small towns and stuff like that. And we handle everything out there also. Wow, that's awesome. Yeah, it's a lot of fun. So yeah, as uh, as Ed uh, kind of alluded to a minute ago, there's been quite a few, um, for better or for worse, things kind of pop up in social media and whatever else. Um, and I, I'll, I mean, I guess the most politically correct way to say this is it, it just it 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 looks like something that they either the handler or the dog just flat out wasn't prepared. And it wasn't prepared for to do actual apprehensions and actual work. Um, <clears throat> and it wasn't like anything. And, you know, this wasn't the first one. There was another one on the same show from a completely different state that had a similar situation. And I was doing that high-risk deployment seminar in Florida. And I was doing a vehicle extraction with these guys and saying, you know, we're running through why we do them and how we do them and everything else. And literally that night on this same show with another agency from another state and different one that we're originally talking about had almost an identical scenario and the dog botched it and damn near bit the handler and they had to tase the dude and everything else. So, you know, I kind of came back that next day to those guys. I was like, oh, you know, that shit we did yesterday was like, this is why we do it. And everybody kind of was like, yeah, we saw that. It's no bueno, blah, 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 blah. So, you know, kind of talk a little bit, because this is something that Eric and I harp on a lot. Now, my personal guys, which I'm sure they're listening to this, and they don't know any better, but, you know, we have them do scenario-based stuff all the time. I keep it moving. I've got more than one decoy. We keep things fresh. We keep the dogs you know, constantly guessing and everything else. Keep the candlers constantly guessing. They've learned to not trust me. And um, <laughs> when I'm telling them what's going on. So it was refreshing going up to uh, New York last year and, you know, hanging out with you guys and being assigned to Ed at Ed Station and seeing a lot of good teams that um, – you know, I think they were definitely challenged for sure. I mean, that was a challenging event in terms of just a sheer amount of work done and then the amount of high-stress work done for those dogs and those two, well, it was three days, but two days of scenario stuff. So, you know, I mean, uh, you know, something that Eric and I harp on a lot, and especially right now, is we do a lot of work not geared towards um, passing a certification one day a year. I guess is the best way to say it. Bingo. Hit it right on the head. Okay. <laughs> I mean, I look at it like the most politically correct way to say this, and because this is probably some of this is going to be edited. So, you know, and 
that's something. And Ohio has a state certification. What does New York have? I don't remember off the top of my head. New York also has a state certification, and um, and unfortunately, there are a lot of teams that basically that's a training day. They go out there, they do their recall, they do their evidence search, they do their track, uh, they do their little bit of detection, and, uh, you know, great training day. You know, that's that's basically what's going on. Not with everybody, but it's unfortunate, but it, it happens. Right, and, you know, I could see when I was up there last year, um, some of the guys from New York and some of the, like, New York State Police guy was there, uh, or some of the guys were there. There were some guys from Boston or from Mass Transit, I think. That guy had a huge Malinois that fucked my leg up. That dog was gnarly. I don't remember who that dog was, but he was a big dude, and he had a big-ass dog. And that it was, was a an monster, an- yeah. That was an angry bastard, too. That fucking hurt. <laughs> that dog bit me hard enough my soul left my body. But yeah. so he um, – yeah, that was a cool – that was a nice dog. But those dudes were, like, squared away for sure, and I could tell <clears> – <throat> You know, and I said this on another episode. I don't remember which one it was. I think it was the Ted Dawes episode. But typically, you know, because Massachusetts has a fairly long patrol school, and I know that you guys do fairly long ones. I know Eric does. Um, And then certain areas of the country, because we do a long one here, like civilian or personal for the departments here. But a lot of times, you know, especially in Oklahoma, because we don't have a patrol certification, but we have a detection that the patrol side of stuff, uh, a lot of teams are very weak. Um, or what I would consider very weak um, in terms of doing actual work. And so which one of the states that we're talking about that started this whole conversation has a very long patrol school, kind of like Massachusetts. So it surprises me when I see stuff like that come out of places like that, which kind of underscores the point of why we do the type of training. So kind of talk about um, how you you and Ed ended up at, doing the street tactics seminar um ed and i have been friends for for well geez i think 11 11 12 years and we just see eye to eye on a lot of things and uh training philosophies and we both agree that you know it's the most important thing at the end of the day is these teams come home at the end of their shift you know and i thoroughly believe that you can't expect a dog or a team to, you know, to succeed if they don't see the picture. If the first time they're seeing a certain picture is on a street application, uh, you know, if you've got a super rock star dog, you know, he might work his way through it or whatever, you know, or a really, you know, great handler or, or whatnot. But, I mean, the reality of it is most times they're going to fail if their first time seeing a vehicle extraction is, you know, in a real-life scenario. Um, so it's, you know, we talked about this several times, and, you know, we decided to have that tactic seminar last year and just basically, you know, put guys in the situation, uh, you know, to kind of maybe humble some of the teams in a way and say, listen, you know, you need more work or we're going to build you up or, you know, I know that for a fact for our unit. And, again, I'm, I'm lucky. I have a lot of great decoys. Uh, Ed comes and trains with us pretty regularly. Um, we have Chris Jones also is a great decoy. Uh, Nick Hodgins comes down from New Hampshire pretty much once a month. And when those guys all get together, you know, we set it up so that at least once a month we're doing scenarios. We're showing the team's situations, making them think, putting the dogs in situations that, you know, this way at the end of our training day. If they see that out on the street, I'm confident as a trainer that they're going to succeed, or at least they have a better chance of succeeding in that situation. Um, so, you know, we got together and we said, you know, let's, let's make this work. And I thought last year went really well, too. We had a lot of, like you said, big-time trainers, a lot of great knowledge uh, there. And I don't like downtime, and neither does Ed. So we had every scenario set up and station set up with two trainers and two or three decoys. Yeah. So it was really not a lot of downtime. And no, we were able- I, 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 there was some serious work being done, that is for damn sure, in those two days. Well, the other thing was, too, we wanted to, if we, if we identified an issue, a problem, we didn't want the other guys all standing around because there was a weak dog or a weak team. Um, so we were able to say, okay, you grab him, bring him up to speed, and then we kept working on the stuff that we you know, could do with the, you know, the, the teams that were already squared away or, or whatnot. That's great. Not too many. The one nice thing about you guys is not too many seminars uh, do guys bring dogs. Um, you know, most seminars are just sitting in a classroom and uh, nobody brings a dog. So, yeah, we don't like those. 
Yeah, it sounds to me like uh, yeah. you're coming, and it's it's for you. It's not a vacation to get away from the road. It's to come and learn to be well, a better handler and see what see what's up. Absolutely, and I, I, like I said before, I'm kind of a knuckle dragger. Uh, you know, you can talk to me all day long, and uh, I'm a cognitive learner. You know, I, I got to see it. I got to do it in order to get better at it. You know, um, so that's that's one of the main reasons why we were. Let's do it. Let's put this stuff together and get get down and dirty. And it worked. So, it seemed to work pretty well. Oh yeah, it was it was fantastic. You know, and and what I hope is that this time around, uh, people are going to see it again and see some more of the stuff on where on social media, whatever else, and other handlers. I don't care if they're from Nevada or from Idaho or like way west coast. You know, like a twenty. You know, it's closer to go to Mars than it would be to come to Albany, and to <laughs> inspire them to at least try and do this. So. And kind of in that same deal, one of the instructors this year is going to be Paul Ludwig from Iron Dog, correct? Yeah. We so, actually have a, a nice group of guys coming. Yeah, ready, so. yeah we'll, we'll talk about everybody else here in a second. Paul, in particular, this is kind of a question I wanted to ask. You know, they have the movie that they that he and uh, Sam put out. Um, really well done, everything else. But in that movie, Paul and Will, Eric and I had been planning on having him on here at some point, and he'll tell this story, which is fucking hair-raising. But he tells the story about why um, he started training the way that he does, and basically what we're talking about now, which is scenario-based training and reality-based training, or however you want to put it. Uh, but it's fucking terrifying, because the dog almost gets run over, Paul almost gets run over, it's fucking gnarly, right? And he tells at the beginning of the story, is there was there a point in either you or Ed's career that kind of was a light bulb moment, either with you or with somebody else. You're like, Oh shit, we got to do something different because <laughs> like that, this cannot happen again. And, uh, um, if I may, yeah. So for me, no, there wasn't that catastrophic event. Um, for me, um, when I got into, I had, uh, you know, some background in Shuxon, before I became a police canine officer. Uh, so I knew the sport world, right? I knew what was out there. And when I became a, a canine handler, um, I started looking around and, and, you know, seeing what was out there in terms of police canine and the two, you know, um, worlds apart. And I said, you know, <laughs> why is this? Why, when we're getting paid, to train our dogs and you know the stakes are so much higher we're not you know competing for a trophy um we're, we're doing this so you know handlers and and, and 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 civilians go home at night you know so they continue breathing right why are we so far behind um so i've just always from that i've just always had the mindset that we can and should be better in, in police you know canine um and really, um, that that's kind of you know our mission. You know, Ken and I see eye to eye on this, and you know we're trying to you know to elevate um, you know the level of expertise in our area. Absolutely, definitely. I, I didn't have a, a divining moment either. I mean, obviously, I, I worked the street. I had several street bites, and, and and you know a lot of success early on in my career. Um, I just, you know, I think I think what it was is I, I kind of met up too with uh, with Paul Ludwig. We um, had a seminar up here uh, and trained with him. Jeez, I think it was six or seven years ago, and uh, I really liked what he was doing. Um, it made perfect sense to me, and it kind of lit a fire under uh, under us too to really step up to the plate and start preparing for that one percent. Uh, you know, the fight, the crazy situations. Because, um, like I said, if you're not prepared for it, if the dog hasn't seen that picture, you know you, you're not gonna you're not gonna win. Um, yeah. And then at the end of the day, too, I, I you know as as a police officer, I, I wanted to be prepared. You know, uh, I was very active with our SWAT team, and um, you know I was used quite a bit. And I didn't. I'm kind of a per- perfectionist, and I didn't want to uh, be put in a situation that I wasn't going to be able to do what I had to do. So, you know. Ed and I have trained together for a long time, and we've we've always trained this way, really. That's great. Well, you know, I came in I came into canine in 2005. I've told this story on previous episode, but I ha- I worked a female shepherd first, and I'm just a handler, and I don't know anything. And 
<clears throat> I worked that dog for three years on the street, and she would never bite anyone for real. And they made me continue to keep working her. And the first the first year on the road, I tased 14 people that she, she should have bit. And that was there was probably that many others that just flat out got away um, that I didn't, you know, didn't end up tasing or didn't get hands on. And um, I I knew I had a dog that wasn't going to help me. Um, at the same time in our, our unit, we had a dual purpose explosive dog that the handler got into a huge bar brawl at a bowling alley at this bar at the bowling alley and uh, got in there with the dog and and he ended up in a hell of a fight with like 10 people and, and the dog just sat there dog wouldn't defend himself the one guy was hitting the dog and he just sat there oh, so i was man. i was uh, when i took over i vowed to the guys i said i'll never make you deal with that ever and uh um i i've stuck to that and that's one of the reasons why i'm so passionate about the stuff we do at training because I, I i just don't want those guys going to work with a dog that that i know is not going to do the job and they i had to do that for three straight years in a very very high crime city with a lot of you know bite chances and a lot of things for the dogs to do and uh, every night i knew this dog and on the field she was she would have been a great schutzen dog you know she was she was really good on the field but again I, i'm just a handler i don't know anything um go through a 15-week school and when i look back on it it was all sleeves and scratch pants and no suits and no scenarios and you know except for a building search regular building searches that we had to do but um and and if you and if i look back and think she was probably soft coming in on the building searches soft coming in on the area searches but i don't know you know i'm just a grunt at that point but uh, when i took over that was the first thing that i changed i said no more of this stuff and uh, we started getting rid of dogs that that I didn't like and replaced them. And now, in my agency, we have six dual purpose, and they're getting you know, we we average like a bite a week, so it's it's pretty busy. And yeah, I think that we have zero no bites. <laughs> I think that's um, that's really important too. Is that your you know the people you're teaching, you know your students understand the reality, understand that you know. A day or two out of this, we could be put in this situation. Um, I'm going to tell you, you know, in this area, we're not rocking and rolling every day. So there's some complacency. You know, uh, there's the, you know, it's never happened, so it probably won't happen mentality a lot of times. And that's the killer, right? Um, the good enough for certification mentality is uh, what's going to get, you know, what's going to get you hurt. Um, right. You, and you know, there's, and, like you said early on about people that go to their training day and it's just uh, you got to you got to drink your coffee. You got to uh, uh, have two shits before you can do anything. It's uh, we start at eight, but we're going to yeah, roll out about nine forty five. Yep. Um, the only thing that I continued from training was, before was I do believe in lunch. I do believe in team building through lunch. However, um we eight o'clock. We start eight twenty. We were out the door and get going. And <clears throat> it's because I I'm t telling you, I just I can't live without knowing I gave the best shot, you know, to the guy and the dog. And um, I just I, I don't know how guys think a training day should be just a reason to not be on the shift. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, uh, our unit. Um, I have a relatively young. Uh, group and uh, which is actually working to my advantage at this point. They're all go-getters and they all want to have the dog. And like I said, at my department, it's it's um it's pretty nice how we have it set up and we're able to choose the people that we want um, to come in. And it's not seniority based, which a lot of departments are, and it can be a nightmare. You know, you have that guy that's got you know 12 years on and he's basically a slug already and. You know, he wants the dog because he gets better hours, a take-home car, and, you know, choice of where he goes within his patrol area. You know, luckily, at my department, it's, it's not really like that. We can handpick the guys, and, you know, the guy that's in my school right now, he barely has two years on, um, but he's a, a machine, and he was the, the best candidate for the dog, in my opinion, so we went with it. Uh, and it's working out. It's definitely working out. That's something Kenzie, super. Some, that's something super important. <clears throat> One thing that 
Scott and I don't harp on, but one thing I try to impress upon administrators and on people that are making the decision about the handler, I'm like, you know, it's super important. I mean, everybody here talking and everybody listening also knows how important it is to select the right dog. Um, in fact, the videos that I was talking about that have been on social media, like the, the, those dogs were wrong for the job from the time the sperm met the egg. But it's also extremely important that the handlers be selected as the right, you know, and I kind of go through a lot of administrators. I'm like, you know, they need to be mature. They need to demonstrate really good decision-making capabilities. But, you know, we're asking these guys to be in positions of a high propensity to use a lot of force and you can't have a dipshit or somebody that is actually looking for a fucking fight all the time. And, you know, and I tell my one of the best things I tell some of the administrators that know anything about Canada. I'm like, there's a difference between somebody that's self motivated and somebody that's an asshole. And you know, the guys that are like, oh, I don't let my dog fucking tear people up, and whatever else. I'm like, mm, not, not, <laughs> not, not the best guy. Not that's not who you want. And you know, yeah. and thankfully, my local guys, all of the administrators, listen to us, and all of them aren't haven't been cops forever, but they are super mature. They're very good at decision making. They're very good under pressure, and they make good decisions. And because of that, they don't really get into trouble when they have to use force or when they have to use the dog for detection or whatever else. And it's a huge component. Um, right. Aside from training, aside from dog selection, handler selection, uh, I mean, it's a huge deal. And I'm glad you actually – I wasn't actually going to say anything about it, but I'm glad you mentioned it because, you know, a lot of people look be like, oh, you've only been a cop for two fucking years and now you're in fucking canine. Like, who do you fucking know? Type blah, 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 whatever else. And you're like, no, I'm just not a dipshit. So, or it's, you know, I was the right guy for the job, like you said. And, you know, there are some qualities that for better or for worse, we can't train. So for sure. And that's the truth. That's the truth right there. And that's, like I said, I, I, I think that we're very lucky uh, that we're able to do that. Um, and, basically pick the perfect guy for the job, you know, because within our agency too, um, you know, it's a community policing tool. The dog is not only are we out, you know, doing the street work, but you know, there's a lot of schools that we go to. There's a lot of community events that we go to. Um, so you got it. Like you said, you have to have the right guy that can handle those types of situations that can get up in front of people and talk that can, you know what I mean? Be either down in the inner city area with his dog, you know, in the beginning of a shift and then out in, you know, the ritzy area at some, you know, private school or something talking to children about his dog. Yeah. So. One of my yeah, handlers, one of my handlers in our, in a city in Arkansas <clears throat> is like that. And, um, he runs their unit. They got a three dog unit. Um, if you look at his social media feed, you'd think that guy doesn't do anything but community policing, but make no mistake. He finds dope and he bites assholes. And, um, but he's really, really good at the community policing thing. And you're right. I mean, he uses his dog and he's going to hear this and know exactly who it is there. I don't want to mention him, but <laughs> like, I mean, I believe me, I completely understand. If you get the public behind the, the canine unit, um, it only can help you. And so that's where that community policing does come in. You know, we actually go over to the mall and stuff with our dogs. And, you know, I have guys, he'll stop and talk to you. And, you know, you get the same question 15 different ways. Does your dog speak German? You know, does it go home with you? And, you know, and these guys have the right personality. And, you know, the people love the unit. And, you know, it, it helps when it comes to budget times and different things like that, too. Sometimes those the units like yours that get to pick their person um, – like the guy to do kind of like a, um, for lack of a better term, a prospecting period where he's got to hang out and decoy and learn this and learn that. Do you guys do that, or is it just kind of, uh, I mean, is you it, know, when you pick a guy's his first time out there, the first time he's been, ever been there? No, no. Um, the last, uh, this, like I said, this last guy, he was very interested, and um, he, he came around for a while beforehand um, on his own time. Uh, so right there was something that stuck out to us. And um, I can tell you right now I have, we have a tracking seminar going on this week, and I have, you know, three deputies that reached out to me that want to come and just, you know, be track layers. Just, they're basically they're, they're trying to be seen by us because they're looking for, a, you know, a possibility at the next dog that's coming down the road. So, you know, that's, does that, I do look does that get that. a lot of guys kissing your ass then? <laughs> Are you, you a popular, I bet a popular person at the department? 
I think so. I think that they, you know, they definitely know to come around the canine and get noticed if they can. And I, I think it's good too, just because, you know, it can help them. It can hurt them. You know, so. Well, yeah, uh, you're in a you're an agency big enough that you don't know everybody. I would assume. I don't know everybody now. Yeah. Yes. So that that's good for them. So Ed, do you guys uh, over Dark Horse do um, you have agencies come in for maintenance training too? No, I'm uh, uh, like you know I'm with Ken. I'm I'm also a uh, a New York State trainer, um, but I don't have anybody. I train with groups, right? With you know we have uh, I don't know how it is with you guys, but there's generally groups that train together, and uh, I kind of pour around and and <laughs> train with different groups. Um, I haven't lately. I've been mostly training with Ken's group, um, but I, you know, I get around. <laughs> yeah. I get around. That's the uh, a, a good a good trainer decoys mantra. You get around, and uh, either everyone's going to come to you, or you're going to go to them. But you're going to work. Yeah, I, I have a, you know, I know what's out there. I know what groups are doing what training, and and uh, I, I like. Uh, I like the way Ken's doing it. <laughs> yeah, is that what? What do you on a, on a training day say? You go over to Ken's group. What is it that you really look forward to, to working? Like, what's really your thing? Uh, I really like control. Yeah, uh, I, I really like you know. Um, I like you know. I like the aggression, but I want it to be controlled aggression, right? Um, I want it, I want their I want the handler to be um, giving the instructions and the dog to be executing those instructions. Uh, so I'm big on I'm big on obedience. Um, uh, yeah, uh, that, that, that control work, right? I, I want precision and control. So you get the guys that that always tell you my dog won't out. Is that your specialty? Uh, there, there's. A, that, 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 you know, um, I think as Ken and I have been working with these guys, that, that that's um, less and less an issue. Uh, mm-hmm. Certainly, you know, some need it more than others, but, um, you know, we're putting good work in and, and we're seeing a, a lot of improvement in dogs and teams. So, uh, you know, it, it's nice to get past that point so we can work, you know, some advanced stuff. That's cool. Hey, Ken, uh, you're – Agency SWAT team is full time or not? It's not. It's not. Okay. So, do you have any dogs there, or is all the dual purpose dogs train with them and go out with them? Uh, How does that work? As of right now, um, we have two. Well, we have one dog that's assigned directly to the SWAT team. Um, obviously, he still works patrol. Um, he's one of our most senior guys, um, ex army guy. I think he was a master sergeant in the army and stuff. Did a few tours over in Iraq. Um, so he's a real super squared away guy. Um, <clears throat> then I have one team. We have uh, the Fugitive Task Force here in the city with the U.S. Marshals. Um, I have a guy and a dog assigned to that. They go out basically every every other day, about 4 o'clock in the morning, kicking doors in. Um, so they're super active. Um, the plan is to get a couple more dogs assigned um, to those units. But, you know, when they're doing that kind of work, I have – you know, specific dogs that I use for that, and that's and that's it because they're at that level. Handlers are at that level. Like I said, both the guys are ex-military. The guy that's assigned to the Marshall Task Force was was a Marine and whatnot, so um, they're both squared away. I don't want to put guys in the situation that they're not going to like do their job and be able to win at the end of the at the end of the day. You know. Yeah, we got guys assigned to the Marshall Task Force. Uh, the dogs, a couple of the guys will go out one day a week. We have a guy. Assigned Assigned there full time was not a handler. A bunch of other guys assigned, assigned part time, but the guys, the dog guys, when they go there are super busy. And the, I know the marshals and the dudes love it. Those guys love when the canines are there. And uh, we get, I mean, we were getting about a bite a week with the task force, but now it's more surrenders, which is fine. That's cool. Yeah, well, we'll we get a lot surrenders. of surrenders too. So we definitely get yeah. a lot of the surrenders. The dogs are uh, a huge asset with that. Um, but, you know, we, we have a big drone unit, too. We're, we're really starting to integrate a lot of things into our training now. Um, we just did a, um, a training not too long ago where we were, do, we were basically scenario-based tracking to, for a, 
a suspect that fled, you know, from a vehicle and were using the drone. And the drone was able to get out in front of the dog, um, spot the guy, um, and, and go in from there. And we did a lot of acclimation with the drones, having them around the dogs. We were doing vehicle extractions and different things with the, using the drone. And it was pretty neat because the drone operator could come in and basically go all around the car, and we could see relatively you know, well into the car and see what was going on before we even deployed the dog. Um, we were able to use the drones, too, as kind of distractions as the dog came up and, you know, ripped the guy out of the car and whatnot. So it was there's just a lot of different things that are coming within our unit. And like Ed was saying, you know, we have several groups around here. Um, and, you know, everybody gets along. And in the last few months, we've been getting together, you know, once every couple months and just doing a, a big training day all together where you'll have, you know, 30, 40 teams, just local teams, just all getting together and, and working on this kind of stuff. And I, I don't know, I see, I see a real positive thing coming. Um, I see, a, a, I see a lot more of this in the future. So, and, and like, like I said, last year's seminar was great with the street tactics. And now we have this one coming up this year. And um, I think it's going to really promote this kind of stuff. And hopefully we'll st- we won't be seeing as many of these uh, oopses or actually yeah. it's, it's, you know, it's training full pause, really. It's, it's lack of training, lack of, you know, quality picture of the dog, you know? Yeah. And I've been, I've been, <clears throat> yeah, I've been in the department now. Oh, I'm getting ready to start my 23rd year. So all of us have been around a long time. Do you ever think you'd have fucking drones with your dogs? I mean, that's crazy no, that things have it. gone that's to crazy. that. That's amazing. And we've got we couldn't get a, a freaking Cessna airplane to save our lives before now we're now everybody's got drones. Yeah, um, they're cool. <laughs> we're gonna go ahead and take a commercial break here. When we get back, we're gonna talk about um, the uh, next seminar coming up, the Street Tactics seminar. And I know it's in the early stages, but uh, we're gonna talk about who they've got lined up so far and committed and what it's looking like. Let me hop in here and talk about our one of our sponsors for the podcast, Southern Coast Canine, based out in New Smyrna, Florida. Southern Coast Canine has been providing better training, better results, and better dogs for over 25 years. Led by Bill Heiser and known for their excellent high-drive dual-purpose and detection dogs and outstanding customer service. They have what you want and what you are looking for. Call 1-877-903-DOGS. That's 877-903-3647 and speak with Bill to discuss your canine needs today. Or visit southerncoastcanine.com. That's the letter K, the number 9. Follow them on Facebook and Instagram at southerncoastcanine, the letter K, the number 9. This episode is brought to you by Highland Canine Training, LLC. They offer total solutions for law enforcement and military organizations to meet their increasingly demanding canine needs. Connect with them and see the difference. At tacticalpolicecaninetraining.com. That's tacticalpolice, the letter K, the number nine, training.com. Guys, they're fucking good. I want to talk about something near and dear to my heart. That's the Police Canine Association, or PK9A. They were formed in 1985 by handlers for handlers. They're a 501c3 nonprofit that helps support active and retired canine units through fundraising and the sale of some badass merchandise. Please take a minute to check out their newly designed website at www.pk9a.com. That's pk9a.com. I've been a member there for 13 years and the current training director there. I can tell you there are some big things in the works to expand the nonprofit to help canine units all over. If you're on Instagram, check them out for some amazing content at Police Canine Association or Police Canine Association on Facebook. All right, we're back. Ted? You there still, buddy? Oh yeah. Talk. I was out talking to you for once. So uh, no. Uh, we got. Uh, you want to talk about who we got and what they got coming up? Uh, well, I'll let Ed or Ken do that. Um, so you guys are doing the street tax com- seminar in October. Um, this entire conversation has been about scenario-based training, realistic training. Um, and more than anything for teams that are squared away, I'm just going to like sell this for you. And then all you have to do is tell me who's going to be there. So more than anything, if you guys are like, uh, deciding whether to come or not, if you're super squared away, it'll be good to work with other instructors from all over the country, which they're going to tell you who it is. And then it should give you some other ideas. If you have some sort of question about whether, where you're at, if you're a relatively new team 
or if you're a relatively new hander, handler, it'll be fantastic exposure, one, because you'll get access to instructors and decoys from all over the country, but teams from within the area and probably much further out. We had dudes from Maryland there, though. Those guys were awesome last year. And <clears throat> so, yeah, you I know, they come again. You know, I do, too, and, and I hope they stay upright for most of it. So they <laughs> – um, yeah, yeah, well, uh-huh. So, you know, I and you'll be exposed to a lot of things that the goal here is that we want to change um, the way that people are training and we want to change the way that people are th- that approach it. So they take a little bit of what they learned or hopefully all of it and take it back to their training group and then say, oh, we need to be doing X, Y, and Z. This is what we were doing. This is what we were doing. And this is what we need to be doing. And, you know, that's sort of the goal of these of these big deals like that you guys are doing that Paul's been doing that, you know, everybody's been doing. So talk a little bit about the dates, where it's at, who's going to be there, who the instructors are that are confirmed X, you know? Um, okay. Um, so we're going to be doing it October 8th, 9th and 10th. Uh, and it's going to be right in Albany. Um, we're going to have several different training locations in the city. Uh, basically, anything that you can think of, we're going to be able to have or use. Um, we've got flashbangs. We've got sim munition rounds. And, and, again, we're not going to expose dogs to that that haven't had, uh, you know, prior training to it. Um, but they got the teams that are up to that level, if, if it's something that we're going to throw in there, you know, at least we have it. Um, as of right now, this is a work in progress. Last year, like I said, was I thought was very successful. Uh, this is something that we want to make happen every year. Um, I have the backing from my bosses for this kind of stuff. Uh, I know, I know Ed is on board 100%. And uh, this year, we teamed up with Ted and Alicia from Torchlight, um, and uh, Premier Canine uh, Scott Walker is going to be involved on, on some level. Um, and, and basically, we want people to say, "All right, you know what? October, October's Albany, New York. That's that's the place to be um, to work on street tactics, to work on scenario-based or you know realistic style training." Um, as of right now, I've got Terry Bradshaw from Tar Heel Canine coming. Uh, Justin Rigney also is coming as an instructor. Nick Hodgins from New Hampshire. Um, Justin just moved to Tennessee. Justin Rigney just moved to Tennessee, and uh, he was um, with uh, Palm Beach County prior to that down in Florida. Uh, I got Robbie Hermans, who was the head trainer for the Belgian Army for 11 years. Um, Ted from Torchlight, Eric Zambro, uh, yeah, Ed Myers from Darkos, uh, Paul Ludwig from Iron Dogs, uh, Charlie Randolph I spoke with yesterday. He's all about it. He just has to confirm that he can make it because he's going to be in Oakland the week before, so he wants to make sure he can. Make he's it fucking back. lying. He's got to ask his wife. <laughs> nice. Uh, don't we all? You know. <laughs> um, I got Charlie. Uh, I'm sorry. I already said Charlie. I got Bill Finucan, who is a, a USPCA uh, MTA. Works really close with NYPD. Uh, great guy. Um, yeah, that Josh dude's Nolfin awesome. Going to come again. Uh, Chris Jones. Um, and it, there's other decoys that we're working on. And it's it's. I think it's going to be a pretty cool event. Uh, the basics of it, we're going to be doing actual hands-on training during the day, um, and then we're all going to stay at, at a, a pretty nice resort. I'm working on that right now. Um, there's three nice convention centers in Albany, and I'm just trying to get the best price at this point, to be honest with you. Um, mm-hmm. So we're going to have a dinner and a keynote speaker for two of the nights. The first night's going to be Paul Ludwig. Uh, the second night's going to be Jerry Bradshaw. Paul's going to talk about officer safety and, you know, dealing with the 1% and the scenario-based trainings and stuff. Uh, Jerry is going to talk uh, about c- controlled aggression uh, and scenario-based training on the second night. Um, and we're also going to have a vendor show going on those two nights. So we have some commitments already. Um, Hortons is coming. Uh, Tripwire, I believe, is coming. Um, this can be a variety of different canine vendors, uh, police equipment vendors. I know we got some drone companies coming in, guys that sell flashbangs, uh, Hogue Knives, I reached out to them, um, a couple of AR-15 and different weapons um, companies are, are, are really interested, um, you know, that kind of stuff. So um, as of right now, it, it looks like it's shaping up pretty well. I can't wait. I'll be coming there straight from Aruba. So I'll be down in Aruba on vacation doing a little bit of training because I provide dogs for their canine unit. Uh, doing a little bit of training down there, and then my family will fly home, and I'll fly straight out there. So uh, 
I may have a pretty bitchin' tan going on when I get there. <laughs> You'll but, be uh, the only one. <laughs> yeah, I will. Actually, probably not because I'm the king of sunscreen. I'll have well, I painted on, but <laughs> yeah. No, I, I'm super looking forward to it. I mean, I had fun rolling around in that spooky ass basement with fucking Ed last year. God, that was place was fucking creepy, and yeah. I was like, the, it was like the backup. For the Shining, it had to have been like you know that that was a creepy, creepy place. And even the handlers, I mean, they were yeah, like you know, it, Ed and I were down on that basement, and they're like, I'm not fucking going down there. I'm like, no way. They're like, oh no, <laughs> that, you know. You, after, after we were done, I found like this little labyrinth that was behind where we were doing the majority of the stuff we were doing in, in the basement, and uh, it was it just. So just know it's even creepier than you had even thought. Oh, that makes me feel so much better. <laughs> we, can, we can use that. We can use that place again next year. So, uh, or this year, I should say, we can use it again. So we, and we may. That was a really great place to uh, to do that. Oh man, that basement was. I that was creepy. I mean, we were down there being quiet, and I swear to God, I heard stuff talking, and I was, and, you know, I was like, God, is that Ed talking? What the fuck is that? And no, I mean. <laughs> And it's dark. No, like, we all know what that was. That was. Yeah, listen, I didn't yeah, want to tell exactly. you. Yeah, exactly. I didn't want to tell you, but the people actually died in that building. You know, back when it was a resort. I heard so. Uh, maybe. Yeah, that that's a, awesome. A family lived there in the winter, and their father killed them all. Holy fuck! Yeah. So yeah, the, exactly. So see, and yeah, that no, yeah, pass. Like that, <laughs> it was. Oh god! So for anybody listening, it was super gnarly, and I mean. You know, we had multiple decoys in the basement and everything else. It was it was a cool it was a cool scenario. Um, and so that's the way this works. So everybody will show up with their dog, um, and you will go through multiple stations. So you'll be broken up into groups. You'll work with you know I don't know how many guys are coming, but it's probably going to be like six to ten or something in a group. And they'll work through uh, with instructors and multiple decoys who are all really good at what they do. And then you'll move on to the next station. Each station kind of specifies or highlights a skill set or part of a skill set or whatever it needs to be. Uh, but each station has definitely a, you know, we're testing something, whether it be environmental, whether it be pressure testing for the dogs, whether it be handler involved. There's always something. Um, and each, it's not just like multiple, like, it's not multiple sins. It's not multiple just like standing out in a grassy ass field and whatever else. So it is actual work, deployable work that you'll be asked to do for long days with experienced instructors and decoys, which is something – which is the upside of this thing because it's a working seminar. I mean you're getting access to some really good instructors and really, really good decoys that are also good trainers in their own right. I mean I think Bradshaw's bringing um, Captain Selfie – uh, Sean Siggins. So, um, you know, I mean, that guy, as far as police decoys go, has got to be one of the best in the fucking country. And aside from the fact he's the size of a fucking door, he's super fast, and he's also a very, very good trainer in his own right. So, I mean, the input from those two guys alone would be worth the trip, so for sure. I mean... Yeah, no, it's it's definitely stacked this year. If you don't, if if you as a team can't pull something away from the group of people that we're bringing in, then there's really something wrong with you. Um, and if you're not working your dog, then you're hiding because, uh, you know, by day three, some of those teams looked like they were uh, definitely ready for a nap. Uh, yeah, yeah. The guys from Maryland were were uh, they were hurting for sure. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, for sure. <laughs> So uh, all, the, all the instructors you name sound like guys that also will tell you if your dog just doesn't have it. I mean, if you're going to come there, I, I know we're, we're not out trying to hurt people's feelings, but I'm not trying to see a guy leave to go get killed either. So I can be br- yeah, brutally honest with people, and it's got to be that way. There's not a lot of people flowing, uh, throwing fluff there, no, without a doubt. <laughs> Correct. So yeah. October it is. 8th, 9th, and 10th. Just, uh, just one little yeah. thing, if I may. Um, yes. A little teaser out there. Uh, Ken and I have started thinking about um, some you know, ways to make, make it better. And uh, I don't know if we're going to get to institute it in this seminar um, or, you know, but for sure next year, I think we're going to have something. Uh, and I can't give it away because uh, I don't want to blow it. But um, something that I don't believe is being done anywhere in the country. 
Mm. So just just throw that little throw that little teaser out there. Awesome. New so yeah. Uh, on that note, where uh, where can we catch up with you guys uh, in the interim online, um, Instagram, Facebook, etc. Well, um, there is a uh, there is a street tactics on um, site on on Facebook. Uh, I'm trying to figure it out still, but I, I know Alicia set it up. Like I said, I, I'm a straight up knuckle dragger. I'm terrible at all things computer. Um, but there is that. Uh, my email address is Kenneth spelled out dot Stern S T E R N uh, at Albany County Gov dot New York. Excellent. And then yeah. yeah, Alicia has a Facebook page. It's the New England Sea Tractic Seminar. And then um, Ed, you're on Facebook yeah, for I'm sure on- under Dark or under Dark Horse Canine. Yeah, I've got you know I've got my business page, Dark Horse Canine Services. Uh, my personal page is where I interact mostly. You know, Edward Myers. I've got a picture of a uh, um, a super Malinois, so you'll know it's me. Um, and my email address is darkhorsecanine at outlook dot com. Awesome. Actually, uh, my my email address. I gave the wrong one. It's uh, <laughs> it's, it's we'll Kenneth, edit that, it, Dustin. <laughs> it's <laughs> Kenneth dot Stern. It's so K E N N E T H dot S T E R N at Albany County New York dot gov. Mm, okay, you sure? You got any more? Yeah, yeah. No, I had to look at my right. card. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you can you find me. You are knuckle yeah. Holy crap! Yeah. Yeah, it's almost as fucking bad as me. I just teach dogs to bite people and find shit. Yeah, and everybody can find me. You can find me on Instagram, Ted underscore Scummers, or Working Dog Dry Goods, or Torchlight Canine, letter K, the number nine, or Working Dog underscore Rady, Working Dog underscore, fuck it. We're going to have to edit this. Working underscore Dog underscore Radio. Um... And those are my, and then of course I have Torchlight on Facebook, and we have the Facebook for Working Dog Radio and Working Dog Dragons as well. And I'm sure, or I know that there's associated Twitters. Um, so, and Eric, where are you at? Um, I do most of my stuff on Instagram, Van S K Nine on Instagram. Um, I have Van S K Nine Academy on Facebook. Um, also, being the training director for Police Canine Association, I, I, I administer that page too. I, I absolutely despise Facebook, so I I'm not on there as much, but mostly on Instagram. Van S Canine, uh, email Eric at vanscanine.com. We provide training, green dogs, train pre-trained dogs, uh, the whole the whole work. So, um, if you like puppies, on my Instagram, on my story, is a shitload of pictures and videos of puppies today. So and every day as we're going. <laughs> So yeah, Ed Ken, thanks for coming on. Um, you know, I, I'm I'm stoked to be coming back up in October. Um, I know Eric's really just really mm-hmm. stoked mm-hmm. to come back up. Um, it's going to be, be badass. So yeah, so people that are listening, if you're up in the New England area, or even if you're not, if you're semi close, Pennsylvania, Ohio, you know, upper that upper upper eastern seaboard area, look it up. It's a good. It'll be a good reason to come up and do something. But yeah, Dark Horse Canine Seminar October eighth, ninth, and tenth. Thanks, Ted. Appreciate it. Looking forward to having you guys. All right. Thanks, guys. Thanks, guys. Hey, Ken, are you still there? Yes, I am. Hey, how close to you is Dutchess County Sheriff's Office? Uh, Dutchess County is about an hour drive from us. Uh, Yeah, Frank Uh, LaMonico is a lieutenant down there with their unit. They, yeah, they they bought a dog from a vendor who sent the dog to me. That's what I'm. That's the one dog I'm training right now. Oh, for them. For them. Yeah. Um, They they bought it you know, using videos and stuff uh, from this guy overseas. And so they sent me the dog. I just was curious if it was close to you guys or not. Hey, it's it's not that over. far. Um, I don't train with them. I'm friends with a few of the guys in that, in that group. Um, Billy Bill, Bill McKay, I believe the guy's name, Bill McKay is one of their trainers mm-hmm. down there and he's a, they're, they're big in the Napa Um, yeah. Oh yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, you know, so yeah. uh, they said they don't do the New York one. No, the I New don't York know certification. They do nap water. Yeah. That's yeah. We we do. I my guys do United States Police Canine and the New York certification. 
um, is what we're doing with our department. Um, so a couple of my guys are like, I, I see, I don't stop anybody from doing anything they want to do. Yeah. So when they're like, hey, I got guys that do Eastern Police Canine, I got guys, I mean, what I make everybody do is the United States Police Canine and the DCGS. Uh, if they want to do, I mean, I'm certified in Appawatta also and, and Eastern Police Canine and USPCA. I, I just believe that you should be able to, if you got a good dog and you're training good, you can do anything, you know? Yeah. Yeah, Ryan, Ryan, Ryan Petrus or Petrus is the handler that I'm training for. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. Those guys, I get text messages from them when they train on Thursdays, so I get their. This is where we're training um, stuff. I've just never really trained with them. Uh, they've come up. I think I trained with Bill a couple of times years ago. Good guys. Uh, it's just you know. Yeah, I've trained with Bill at numerous seminars. Yeah, no, they're good guys, and I know, I know Frank has been around forever. Yeah, I've talked to this Ryan a couple times. He seems like a nice guy. He's This is like his third dog, I think. Is it, oh, cool. Yeah. They're a big department. I know that. Mm-hmm. I mean, uh, Dutchess County is, you know, they got Wappingers. They got a lot, lot going on, Poughkeepsie. They got a lot going on down there. So it's they're definitely I'm sure, an active agency for sure. Cool. Well, I'm going to go eat dinner. And yeah, me too. And bark. <laughs> right on. Uh, yeah, I got to go, go take care of puppies too, man. Yeah. Really All right, man. Thanks. See ya. Care, we'll talk buddy. to you guys soon. Thanks. Thanks. Bye. Bye. Working Dog Radio is edited and co-produced by Dustin Wright at Bracket Designs. Be sure to hit him up at bracketdesigns.com for any branding or content-related work you have. We were graciously granted permission to use this rad music by Brother Deeg. Go buy him a beer at Brother Deeg, spelled D-E-G-E dot blogspot dot com, spelled D-E-G-E, or hit him up on iTunes, Amazon, CD Baby, or any other music streaming stores. Check the show notes for links to both of these creative geniuses.